Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Happy Valentine's Day for all you romantics out there. Yeah, I'm a romantic, you know that, don't you? I got my wife a Valentine's Day card. Uh, It said on the front, uh, I don't understand how you can possibly put up with me. And you open it up and says, it must be because of my sexiness. That wasn't the response I got from her. But it's a great day. It's a day we talk about love. I don't know that there's anything more confusing than the message that our world sends about love and the message the gospel sends about love. Because the world looks at love one way, but Christians look at love another way. So we're going to look at true love this morning because God is the author of that, isn't He? Because He is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Outside of salvation, the greatest need in your life is to be loved. We want to be loved. We want to have somebody to love. And so we go about life looking for love. And so let's look at how it's defined so that we can maybe give a little clarity to what it is and what we need to look at. And so it's just, look at the misconception. First of all, what do people say? First one is, um, well, love is a feeling. I'll feel something. Now, love produces feelings, but it is not principally a feeling. There's a lot of great books, a lot of movies, a lot of songs that give us all kinds of expressions of love and how the feeling is and how, you know, oh, I just want somebody who will complete me. I want somebody who will be my, you know, uh, knight in shining armor. And, you know, I'm Snow White and I want to marry Prince Charming. But instead you get grumpy and goofy and sneezy. You know, it just doesn't go. And we expect love to make us feel good. The problem is feelings come and go. And sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't. And if love is a feeling, then there are going to be times when I don't feel it. But yet love is still there. And so one of the great lies is that love will make me feel a certain way. Feelings will be involved, but you don't base love on a feeling. Second misconception, love, you fall into love. You know, I was on the edge and somebody pushed me over. I tripped and I fell into love. It's uncontrollable. I couldn't help myself. You know, we looked across the room and suddenly our eyes met and all the feelings that were there and the emotion was there. And it was at that time that I just fell in love. I couldn't help myself. Well, you know what? You don't just fall in love. It doesn't happen. So those two principal ideas are at the heart of what the world sends as a message to us about what love is. It'll make you feel good, and when it happens, you know it, and you'll feel it, and you'll fall in love, and, you know, it'll just be wonderful. 
But that's not true. So what does God say? Two principal things about love that you have to understand that God tells us. First one is this. Love is a matter of choice. I choose to love someone. Jesus never commands you to feel a certain way. He never commands your feelings. He does command your choices. Colossians 3.14, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So that, that means that every day when I wake up, I clothe myself in love. I put love on. I choose to love. Well, I don't love them anymore. Why? Well, I just don't feel it. Feelings come and go. Well, I don't love them anymore. Why? Well, I don't know. It's a choice you make. You choose to love somebody. You choose not to. It's your choice. God chose to love us. And so love is a choice that you make. And secondly, love is a matter of conduct. If you love someone, you will act like it. Actions do speak as loud as words. Both are important. 1 John 3.18, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And so the world says, well, love is this emotion that you will have and you will feel a certain way and you're not going to be able to help yourself and you'll just find yourself one day in love and it'll be wonderful. But at the same time, when you fall out of love, you don't have to stay in that relationship because there might be somebody else you can love that'll make you feel better. And God says, love is a choice that you will make and you are to honor your choices. You make a commitment, you stay with it, and you act like it and conduct yourself in a manner that demonstrates your love. Oh, I love God, He makes me feel so good. Some days you're not going to feel good, but God still loves you. And you have to choose to remain in His love. And so those battle each other. And as Christians, we must hold on to the true idea and understanding of love. Now, if that isn't enough, we are told how love is displayed. We're given a definition of love. You don't need to go look for it in the dictionary. You look for it in the Bible. And the Bible gives us a definition of love. And so I'd like to break that down for you this morning. It says, first of all, that love is steady. It's steady. It says love is patient. Now, if you're patient, that means you give it time. It means you wait. You wait for someone to grow. You wait for someone to change. Well, how long do I have to do this? Well, that means you're not being patient. And see, when love sets deadlines, you're in trouble. And so love is patient with people. Aren't you glad God is patient with us? Why is He patient with us? Because He loves us. Ephesians 4.2 Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Why do I have to be patient? Here's why. 
making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Now, how many of you are married to someone who is perfect? I don't see any hands going up. I see hands being forced to go up, but uh, (laughs) I don't see any being raised. And so that means you're married to an imperfect person, doesn't it? Little secret, so are they. And that means you will have to make allowances for each other's faults. And that will take patience. You keep loving in spite of the faults because we all have them. Now, just so we're clear, you will live the rest of your life with your faults, and so will they. Let's move on. This doesn't get better, but let's move on. So, love is steady. Second of all, love is sensitive. It says in 1 Corinthians 34, love is kind. It's kind. It's caring. It acts. It serves. It is kind to someone. You're not going to be patient and be grumpy. You're going to be patient and be kind. Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So love is kind to people. It's not hard. It's not harsh. It is kind. Love is secure. It's secure. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 again. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Just write insecurity in there. Love is not insecure. It is secure. It is secure in giving love. It is secure in receiving love. So Romans tells us this. In chapter 12, verse 16, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. So if you're controlling, you're not loving. If you're manipulating, you're not loving. Do not add insecurity to your love. And so love is understanding that I'm not going to be jealous. I don't have to be boastful. I don't have to pretend like I'm the greatest thing on the earth. I don't have to do that. I am willing to love you as you are, and I will be secure in that love. Insecurity will drive you away from people who love you. I'll let you think about that for a moment. So you have to be secure in knowing that you're loved. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Then love isn't selfish. It isn't selfish. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 13. It's not rude. It does not demand its own way. 
It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. Selfish. You see, you, you know, I have a hard time with this when somebody says, oh, I found my soulmate. What are they doing? They're being selfish. I have found somebody to complete me. No, you haven't. Only God can complete you. And that empty void that you think you're trying to fill will not be filled with another person. And so I have to understand that I don't have to demand my own way because when I say they're going to complete me, I'm suddenly in control of that now, aren't I? I am suddenly manipulating that. And then the moment you don't do what I think you should do, I'm going to hold a grudge against you. I'm going to make you pay for it because I expect you to do what I want you to do and what needs to be done. And if you don't, then I will make you pay for it. Wouldn't it be good if in a relationship you would not keep a record of wrong? Oh, I don't keep a record of wrong. You don't until you have a disagreement. And then suddenly it's amazing everything your mind can pull up from the past that that person said and did to you. Philippians 2.3 Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better or more than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Well, pastor, if I do that, someone will take advantage of me. Let me just tell you something. Love is the greatest risk you will ever take in your life. Choosing to love somebody is a risk. But God took a risk on us, didn't he? And so I take a risk by loving. You will never regret giving love to people. Well, what if they take advantage of me? They probably will at some point in time. What if they, don't, they do something I don't like? They probably will at some time. Well, what if they hurt me? Well, they probably will at some time. Because the moment you enter into a relationship with somebody and you're willing to give of yourself to somebody, then you've got to understand that that takes a lot of effort and energy and work, doesn't it? And no one can meet all your expectations and no one can complete you in life. And too many times what we're looking for is another person to make me better spiritually. Well, I just need someone to come into my life and help me. You have someone who comes into your life to help you. He's called the Holy Spirit. And He is there to help you in your relationship with God. And if you put that on another person, you're being unfair to them and you're going to be disappointed yourself. And so I can't get selfish in this. It's not about me. It has a great risk. It also has the greatest benefits. And so I have to understand that the moment I get selfish in my relationships is the moment I will begin destroying my relationships. The moment I get selfish in my relationship with God is the moment I hinder my relationship with God. That's why the Bible tells us over and over again, you have to die to yourself in order to live for Christ. 
And if you're going to love someone, no greater love is there than someone being willing to lay down their life for another. And so love isn't selfish. It's willing to give of itself. You are most fulfilled in life when you are giving. Now, we just talked about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? I know you don't remember, so let's go on. I don't want to be depressed today. Next, love seeks the truth. It seeks the truth. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. In other words, I have to be willing to be truthful. Now, truthful does not mean I'm going to be confrontational. Truthful means I am not going to try to deceive somebody. I am not going to pretend to be something I'm not. Now, I'm not going to be selfish and say, hey, it's the way I am. Take it or leave it. And ladies, teenagers, if a guy ever says that to you, leave it. And so you come to that place where you understand. What, what does love say? Love says, I want to be truthful with you. I want to live a life of honesty. 1 John 3.18, dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. And so I keep loving. I keep giving. I keep doing what I need to do to be honest with another person. No one likes to be deceived. Be honest. But you can be honest being gentle and kind and peaceable, can't you? Hello, now would be a good time. Yeah, you're right, okay. I don't like it, but you're, okay, yeah. Then love never stops. Never stops. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. Endures through every circumstance. Will last forever. Oh, how can that possibly happen? It's easy. You made a choice and you stick with it. You don't go by your feelings. You make a commitment. You stay in it. It doesn't give up. Well, I can't love them anymore. Yes, you can. That's a choice you make, right? And so I have to understand that I am willing to give up my life no matter what happens. Because if you've read this, love isn't about me. It's about me being the person that I need to be to give myself to somebody else so that other people can benefit. And the moment you start living for others is the moment you understand what Christianity is all about. Marriage is such a great illustration of how God loves us. And you come to that place and understand that no matter what happens, I will keep loving Lamentations 3.22, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Well, pastor, I loved somebody once, but they didn't love me back and they left. But you did what you needed to do. God loves people, but people go away from Him, don't they? But He still keeps loving them. Galatians 6.9, let's not get tired of doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. 
I think many times what Satan does is come into relationships, cause someone to give up, and tries to bring a separation and bring them apart. And he does that just before there could be a great victory. So I have to understand, this is what love is. Now you understand when going through that definition why the world doesn't like it, don't you? Why they don't agree with it. Why they don't want to hear it. While they'll make a, oh, if you love somebody like that, you're going to get hurt. You're going to be disappointed. You're, you're, you're not going to fail. You just keep looking for someone who will fulfill you and somebody who will do this for you. And, you know, somebody who will make you feel good all the time. And someone who you can't help yourself and you just give yourself to. And you just, they just make it about our feelings and our emotions and selfishly what I want. Where the love that God talks about is completely different than the love the world talks about. And you cannot merge the two. And God says, look, I want you to make a choice. I want you to every day to put on love. I want you to choose to do that. No matter what, do it from the start, do it in the beginning, and then I want you to demonstrate it and act on it and show it. But that's so hard. Yes, most of the things in life that are worthwhile are very difficult. I don't know that I can do that. Well, this is where we look to our example. How God loves us. And God says, I love you. And he deploys his love to us. And he says, I love you. He did this when we didn't even care. There was no passing of notes like you did in grade school. I like you. Do you like me? Check box. Yes, no, maybe, you know. You know, maybe you pass that back and forth and you do that. There was none of that. You know, I'll step out, but I want to be sure that if I step out, you're going to be there to, to catch me and you're going to be there. And if I love you, you're going to love me in return. I want to be sure of that. I want a certainty in this. God says, look... I don't care whether you love me or not, I love you. It's great to know you're loved. And until you know you're loved, you're going to have a hard time giving love. So I begin this by receiving God's love. I receive God's love. God will always love you. You see, sometimes when we don't feel good about life and what's going on, we think God doesn't love us, don't we? That's why love's not a feeling. God will always love you. He will never stop loving you. It doesn't matter what you do, God loves you. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've blown it. It doesn't matter how many times you've disobeyed Him. It doesn't matter how many times you've made horrible mistakes. God still loves you. And He doesn't love you more or less. He loves you as much as anyone possibly can. And nothing you do will ever stop God from loving you. And He loves me and He loves you. And He loves the person who is farthest away from Him in this world today. He loves us all the same. Because His love is perfect. And He wants you 
to receive His love. When you love somebody, what do you want most from them? You want them to love you back, don't you? Boy, you're a rough crowd today. You know, you want them to love you back. And God is no different. He says, look, I love you. I hope you'll love me. He's not going to force you. He's not going to twist your arm. He's not, because you can't force love. You can't make somebody love you. It's a choice. And so God says, I love you. Romans 5.8, notice what he says. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, when we didn't care, when we weren't looking for him, when we didn't love him in return. John 1.12, all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. He says, I love you. And what does he want? He wants you to receive his love. How do you receive his love? You believe in his son, Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins as an expression of the love of God, and you receive what he did for you on a cross. God, I thank you for your love for me. I receive it through Christ who died for me. And so he wants you to receive his love. He'll love you no matter what. And that's how we're to love, isn't it? We love people, right? We love all people. Whether they love us back or not, we still love people. Now, we're living in a day and time that if you happen to say the wrong thing, you're called a hater. We don't hate people. We love people. We might disagree with what people do as God does, but we still love them. So he got, what does God want? He wants you to receive His love. So that's where you begin. Well, I, I, okay, I, I, this definition of love, Pastor, it's stretching a bit. I don't know how anybody can do that. I don't either without God. But when God who is love comes into your life, He brings His love with Him, doesn't He? And He gives you the ability to love in a way that a normal human being can't. And so he wants you to receive his love. Secondly, he wants you to remain in his love. He doesn't want just a casual one-time thing. He doesn't want you to say, oh yeah, I love you, and go on. He says, look, I love you. I want you to remain in my love. I want you to stay there because that's where your sweet spot is. That's where life will be the best. That's where everything will be well. And I want you to refill your love for me and my love for you every day of your life. You'll give and give and give, but here's what I, you know. I'll keep giving back to you. We talked about the principle of giving. More love I give out, what happens? God gives me lo more love in to give out more, doesn't he? And so when I understand that, he says, look, would you remain in my love? Would you just keep loving me? I love you, receive my love, and remain in my love. John tells us how to do that in John chapter 15, verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, Jesus speaking, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, 
you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I remain in God's love when I obey Him. Now, remember I told you, if you love somebody, your actions demonstrate that, don't they? You can't say, I love someone and then treat them like dirt because your actions aren't aligning with what your words just said. And God says, look, I love you. I want you to love me. I want you to obey me. And if you'll do what I tell you to do, that is your demonstration. That is your actions of saying you love me in return. You can tell God all you want that you love him. But if your day-to-day life doesn't follow that as an example, you're a liar. God says, I want you to love me. I'll know you love me when you obey me. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But it does mean, God, look, I love you. And I'm going to do my very best to do what is right in your sight. And God, I'm probably going to blow it sometimes. Because we all blow it in love, don't we? But when I blow it, I'll admit it. And I'll get back on the right track. And so God says, okay, that's what I want. I don't ask perfections. I just want you to love me in return. And I want you to tell me you love me because everybody likes to hear that. But I want your actions to reflect that as well. And thirdly, we relay God's love to others. Through your life, you and I are to show the love of God to other people. And so the more you love people, the more you'll see the mask that others put on in order to be loved. Because everybody wants to be loved. And so I, having love having that security of knowing God loves me, knowing that He cares for me and is going to take care of me, I don't have to be insecure about sharing His love with other people. Because love is confident, isn't it? John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Remember, he said previously, you obey my commandments. He said, I'm giving you a new one. Here it is. I want you to love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. See, the world doesn't understand genuine love because it's being fed a steady diet of the wrong kind of love. It's not really love at all, a fake. It longs to see the genuine thing. The genuine is priceless. And God loves us and says, I want you to receive my love. I love you so much. Will you love me? And if you're willing to accept Christ, that's the beginning of that relationship. And then if you love me, look, would you demonstrate it? Your actions, would they line up? And then would you share that love with others? You see, in the relationships of mankind, I love you. And I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to let my actions demonstrate that. And I'll love you no matter what. The world is crying out for people who will love them in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their fears and in the midst of their hurts. 
And if we're so insecure that we can't share his love with others, then we need to look at our love. And in a relationship that many people will celebrate today and have celebrated over the weekend, it's a costly thing, but it's a beautiful thing. The genuine, it keeps giving, it gives. And there's a fulfillment in giving to that. So how are you doing today, Valentine's Day? First of all, in loving God. Are you where you need to be there? Maybe some of you listening, you need to receive God's love. You know all about Him, but you really haven't received it. You haven't come to Him and say, okay, I receive it through Christ. For some of you, maybe it's a matter of demonstrating it and acting on it. Some, it's given it to others. Maybe for some of you in that list we went through in the definition in Corinthians, you've got a few things there that kind of stuck home to you and you know, I need to improve on this. Would you take a moment before we dismiss you today and just ask God to help you with this? Wherever you're at, would you say, God, here I am. Here's what I'm sensing you saying to me. I hear you. Help me to do what's right. I want to love you right. I want to love the people close to me right. I want to love others right. Help me. Could you just take a moment and do that right where you are? on this day that everyone celebrates love we have a great definition of it and someone who loves us so very much because we know we're loved that helps us to live a life of confidence of assurance of peace of joy and being able to love others more than I love myself thank you today for giving me the definition of what love is really about. Thank you today for showing me how to do that. Thank you today for giving me the strength and the ability to be able to love others. Help us to be loving people with those we live with, with those we work with, with those we just maybe don't even know well. Because love can make a difference. And love is our greatest testimony that we have, that we're yours. Thank you for loving us today. Help us to love like you, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.